You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. We've been in the book of Acts. Uh, Today, technically, should have been Acts chapter 5. But Acts chapter 5 starts off with the story of a husband and wife that lied to God and they died. And I was like, well, I don't know if this is such a great Mother's Day message. And so we are actually going to jump over chapter 5 for this week. Uh, Next week, we might go into it um, because I think that there's great principle in that story. Um, But I think Acts chapter 6, I'm actually glad that Acts chapter 6 worked because I was going to keep going until there's something applicable uh, to moms. But Acts chapter 6, I think that there's there's this great concept that I want us to unfold today. And so we're going to jump into that. Uh, Yeah, so let's pray one more time and then we'll get started because I have ice cream sandwiches calling my name. (laughs) I'm lactose intolerant too. Anyways, TMI, TMI. Uh, Father, I thank you for today, God. I thank you uh, for for just everyone that's here, God, uh, uh, that was willing to come here. God, we, we love your house. God, we love community with believers. God, we love coming to a place, Father, where where we can come as we are, knowing that you love us, but you want more for us and have more for us. And so, God, I thank you. God, I pray that today, uh, through this message, through your word, God, that it would transform hearts, lives, and minds, Father. We love you so much. God, we want to leave here changed, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said, amen, amen. amen. I also want to welcome everyone that's online. Welcome. Happy Mother's Day for you guys as well. Uh, So we're going to jump straight into the scripture, Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. We're going to start at verse 1. And here we go. But as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. So up until this point, uh, the book of Acts is is really the history of the birth of the local church. And so what we have seen from chapter 1 all the way to chapter 6 is that the church, most scholars believe, the church has grown to this point. Uh, between 20 and 25,000 people. That's crazy. So the church is growing. And here's what's interesting. What we read in verse 1, this is the fourth time the author, Luke, has let us know about the church growth. Which kind of tells me that from the very beginning, the message of Jesus was never meant to be something that, that, that is just held here. Like the message of Jesus... Like, if it's not going on the other side of this wall, we're missing the point. Like, so from the very beginning, like, the idea and the the, the whole concept of the church was to grow. Like, the church is supposed to grow. Like, Luke here, the fourth time, he's celebrating this idea of of how the church is growing. And I I believe that's, that's very intentional for us as readers. To understand like, hey, God wants the church to grow. Now, I know that comes with a lot of headaches sometimes. I know that comes with, that means that someone that's brand new may be sitting in your chair. Come on. 
like I, I know that I know that when as we, as the church grows, that means that oh, uh, they they might not be able to like shake my hand like they used to, or but but the concept of the church is to grow. And so, so Luke, he's letting us know that, that the believers, they, they, at one point they were added to the church daily. But now he uses the word they were multiplying, rapidly multiplying. There were rumblings. And in this growth, there were rumblings of disconnect. So as this move, movement of Jesus grew, uh, personalities began to crash. Hey, show of hands, how many of you here? Your, your personality has crashed with someone else at the church. I'm just kidding. I don't, don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> someone back there was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no. Um, so as this movement grew, as the church began to grow, there, there, become, uh, there was a little bit of, of personality clashes taking place. Let's keep reading. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So it's important to understand, at this point, uh, at this point of where the church was, it's important to understand that the message of Jesus was strictly for those who were Jewish. Like it was not for anyone else. At this point. And so um, the message of Jesus was just for this group. And now within this, this Jewish community, there were really two, uh, two different types of groups in this one group. There, there, were, uh, there were those that were Greek-speaking Jews-ish people. I feel like that was very, anyways. <laughs> um, and, and then there were Hebrew-speaking and, and the, the Aramaic. And, and so... So the, the t original 12 apostles, they were all Hebrew speaking. And so there was this kind of like uh, this, this sense of like if you were a Hebrew speaking uh, person, then uh, you were more authentic. And so there was like within this community of believers, there was already this tension that was taking place that was like, oh, you're. You speak Greek, huh? I speak. I'm, I'm Hebrew, Aramaic. That's what I do, right? So it's kind of like this. Like, so I'm Samoan. Um, I'm, I'm half Samoan, but it, it, it's like if I went to Hawaii, or excuse me, if I went to Samoa, and, and I walked around and I was like, "Hey, everybody, I'm Samoan." Like those that were there that live. In Samoa, they would look at me like, yeah, sure you are, buddy. <laughs> you are. <laughs> right? Like, why? Because it's, it's this sense of, like, we are more authentic than you are. And so that's what's really taking place in this moment. There's this tension between Greek-speaking and Hebrew-speaking. Uh, 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 and, 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 and so there's this tension that's taking place. And there is this split between these two groups. And so as the church is growing, the larger blend of the Greek-speaking Jewish people, they, they, uh, they begin to, to, to kind of just get a little irritated because they're like, hey, you're not treating our widows correctly. 
you're not treating them the way that you're treating your widowed. And they, they begin to, to build this tension. And in the midst of this, uh, the 12 OGs, the OG disciples, they, they, this catches word to them. And, and they get word of this tension that's taking place. And so we're going to read what the response is in Acts chapter 6, verse 2. It says this, So the twelve called the meeting of all the believers. They said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Well, hello. And so brothers, select seven men who are well represented respected and are full of the spirit and wisdom we will give them this responsibility then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word so this concern it's brought up to to the to 12 apostles the originals right the ones that walked with jesus they got word of this and and, and they're like and, and 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 their response to this problem was this like we, like, we shouldn't have to deal with food distribution. Their, their response was, we should spend our time on teaching the word, <clears throat> excuse me, and not running a food program. Now, on the surface, your correct response to reading the apostles' response should be, how rude. That's messed up. I can't believe the man, the men of God, they would say that this is not what they're supposed to do. But I want to propose to you this morning that, that the response the apostles gave is actually beneficial to you and to me. That, that the how the apostles responded has the power to forever change your life and my life. And so this morning, what I want us to do in the last moments together, I want to give you three reasons the apostles' response changes everything. Three reasons why the, the apostles' response changes everything. So here's number one for all you note takers. The first reason why uh, the apostles' response changes everything is this. Hold on, let me get a drink. is this it frees me from my knots it frees me from my knots here one of the most dangerous uh things in culture today is that everything in everyone is visible have you realized that like with social media like everything in everyone is visible and if i'm not careful i can make the mistake of looking at someone else who is in the same lane that I am. So I, I could look at someone else who is a father, who is a pastor, who is a husband, and I could look at them and I, if, and I could begin to compare myself with them. Have you ever done that before? Never. Never. <laughs> I begin to compare myself with them. The mistake of looking at someone else but here's the problem I'm not them 
here's the problem. You're not me. So I have, I have a friend. Um, he, he's, uh, like, he's like one of those like outdoorsy like, guys, right? You know, like the ones that like the outdoors and, you know, like those people. And so he's like one of, he's one of the, <laughs> like I'm not that, but that's okay. Um, so, so like he like, he's like a hunter guy and he likes doing that stuff. And, and uh, so I saw him like take his kid out hunting. And uh, I, was, I was looking at that and for an instant I was like, man, I wish I could do that with my son. I, I bet you my son would love me to be that type of dad. I wish, and I just started going down this rabbit trail of man, I wish I was this dad. I wish I was able to do what he did. And that's a dangerous place to be in. Especially going hunting with me and my son. Like only one of us would have been coming back, right? Like, because I, I don't know how to use guns. I don't like outdoors. And so, but it's, it's crazy like how I just started looking at them and I just, or looking at my friend and I was like, oh, I just want to be like him. Oh, he's such a good dad. He's taking his, and it's very easy to get to this place because when 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 my compare when my compares don't compete with how I'm made up all of a sudden I feel dejected I feel like a failure because there is nothing in me that knows how to use a gun there's nothing in me that knows how to skin an animal right like there's nothing in me that that knows how to like do anything outdoorsy like that's that's my that's a knot in me. Like I, there's nothing. But if I'm not careful, I look at someone who is able to do that, and then I, I'm going to start wanting to be that and to do that. And and so the apostles help help to remind me that it's okay to have a knot. It's okay to have a knot. I am not created to do everything. Come on. Like, you are not created to do everything. Yo, th like, this is, should be more freeing than you're responding. <laughs> like, I'm trying to tell you, like, you don't have to be perfect in everything. You, you don't have to. Thank you, Joe. You, you don't have to. Like that pressure of feeling like you have to be everything and do everything. Like I'm here to tell you this morning, it's okay to have a knot. It's okay to, to, to not be able to do something that someone else can do. And the apostles, this is what they're modeling in their response when they said, hey, like we are called to pray and to read the word. Not to start a food program. Now on the surface, again, it seems like they're being very critical and they're being very rude. But what they're doing is that they're understanding that they have a knot. They're understanding that they are not called to do everything. See, they, they knew that, uh, excuse me, when the problem of the food distribution arose, the apostles instantly knew that it was a need. Right? So remember, these are the same 12 that walked with Jesus. They were the same 12 that heard Jesus said, hey, when, when, uh, when I was naked, you clothed me. 
when I was hungry, you fed me. The, the apostles were like, when were you ever naked? <laughs> like, when were you ever hungry? And Jesus said, when you did this to the least of these, you did it unto me. So, like, they understood it was a need. Them, them saying, like, hey, we're not supposed to run a food program. It's not that they were not, um, they, they, it's not that they were not trying to prioritize the need. They understood it was a need, but they understood the role. They understood that there was someone more equipped to do what, what, what was needed. Could they have done it? Could they have started a food program? Of course. Sure they could have. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I just had to break the ice. because <laughs> Someone's like, oh, poor pastor. He's just, bless his heart. So could they have done it? Yes. But when it would have pulled them. But if they would have done it, it would have pulled them away from what they were supposed to be doing. I'm going to say that again because I don't want us to miss that. So could they have done the food distribution? Yes. But if they would have done that, it would, it would have pulled them away from what God had called them to do, what they were supposed to do. See, I think the issue for a lot of us is that we get stressed out because we're holding on to things that are nice but not needed. Like we're holding on to things, and then all of a sudden we become ineffective because we're trying to do so many things, like we, we, we become ineffective in allowing or in being able to do the one thing or the few things that God has created us to do. And so the, these apostles, they're not being rude. They're just understanding the value of what they have that God has placed inside of them. Are you with me? Yeah. Paul, the apostle Paul, he actually writes this in 1 Corinthians 12. He says this. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, what does it make any less a part of the body? And if the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? And so what Paul is doing, he, he's talking about the body of believers. He's talking about you and you and you and you and me. And he's, he's letting us know that we all have a role. But we also have knots. Like the ear can't be an eye. The eye can't be an ear. Right? Let's keep reading. I love this. Verse 18. But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants. I love that. Amen. God has put each part just where he wants. He wants. So if you're here and you're thinking like your role is insignificant in life, whatever it is, no, God has placed you right where you need to be, right where he's created you to be. Like don't despise where you're at. Don't despise what, where God has placed you. It's not by accident. Come on. In Christ, you are enough to do what you're supposed to do. So we're going three reasons why the apostles' response changes everything. The first one was this. It frees me from my knots. Number two, but it empowers the ables. It empowers the ables. Just because it's not your thing does not mean it's not someone's thing. 
I'll say that again. Just because it's not your thing doesn't mean it's not someone's thing. The diversity of how God created you um, allows you to thrive in areas that, uh, that I have no business in and vice versa. So the diversity of how God formed you and shaped you and created you, um, it, it allows you to thrive in situations and circumstances and places that I would fail in. Because if I, if I, if I have nots, I also have ables. And, and so that's what we're, we're looking at in number two is that this uh, with, that the apostles, they're, they're empowering me to understand that I have an able, that you have an able. When the apostles said they should be focusing on prayer and studying uh, and, and rather than food distribution, they're not neglecting, they weren't neglecting the issue. They're creating opportunities to empower other people. Uh, the other day I was at Lowe's. Hopefully this was not your car. Um, but have you noticed that some people just don't know how to park? <laughs> right? Like, if that's you, we love you. We'll pray for you afterwards. <laughs> but, like, some people just don't know how to park. And uh, so I'm at Lowe's. I like to park away from people. Right? Not that I have a nice car. Just, you know. Like six feet distance, right? Like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, so, uh, so, I, like, I park away from cars. So I parked away from from anyone. There was no one there. Uh, when 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 I got out of my car, I go into Lowe's. I come back out in this big suburban. Like, <laughs> out of all the spaces, in the whole parking lot, they 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 thought it would be an amazing idea to park right next to me. And so they parked right next to me. But here's the deal. They didn't just park right next to me. They parked in my line. Are you guys careful? Like whenever I park in, my, this drives my wife nuts. Is like when I'm driving, or, or excuse me, when I'm parking my car, I'm like, hey, babe, make sure I'm in the lines. She's like, you're in the lines. I'm like, no, just check, babe. Amen. Like, is that you? Come on, air high five. Come on. Maybe it's just a, a ladies thing. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> like all the time, I'm like, I'm just trying to pull in, babe, check. <gasps> what was I saying? <laughs> Suburban, yes. So, so, uh, so I'm very careful to make sure that I'm in these lines. And so this Suburban right next to me, license plate number, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Like it, like parts right next to me, but it was like in my line. So like I had to like, right? Like to get in my car, like suck it up and like, and it was hard for me to get in my, it was hard for me to open my door. Like it was just, it was just ridiculous. And I was thinking about this. And uh, when I try to think that I can do everything, what it does is it, it, it I, I begin to swerve in someone else's lane. And when, when I swerve into someone else's lane or in someone else's line, it makes it harder for them to function. 
and makes it harder for them to get into the vehicle of what God has called them to do and to be able to accomplish what they're supposed to do. When I try to pretend like I could park in both spots, what I'm doing is I'm holding up someone else. Come on, we got to be okay with understanding that we don't just have a not, but we also got to empower the ables in other people's life and in our life. We have to be able to identify those things and to let people know that, hey, just because it may not be my thing does not mean it can't be your thing. Or, or, or I don't have to pretend like I have to know how to do it all because I don't want to hold someone else's spot up. Like, I want to empower you to do, to work within your ables. And that's what the apostles were saying in this moment. That they, they, weren't, they weren't trying to be mean. They were just saying, hey, let's empower someone that, that can do this, that should do this, so that we don't veer off track of what we're supposed to be doing. And here's number three. It furthers the gospel. It furthers the gospel. It furthers the gospel. Like when, when I can free myself from the knots and when I can empower the able, it furthers the gospel. I have one more verse to read and the keys can come up and then we're going to be done. And then I would love to pray for the moms in this room too before we, we end. But it furthers the gospel. So Acts chapter 6 and verse 7, it says this. So God's message continued to spread. The number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted to so the way that Luke writes verse 7 suggests that there was like a, a halt, a stop within the growth of the church. So verse 1, believers were being multiplied. But then all of a sudden the apostles were sidetracked. All of a sudden their focus was on other things. They said, we should be spending our time. We should be spending our time on reading the word, praying, but instead we're having to deal with all this other stuff. And it almost suggests, Luke almost suggests that, that while they were unable to focus on what they were supposed to do and they were having to deal with all this other stuff over here, that the growth of the church ceased. Like, I wonder if the growth of the church and the furthering of the gospel has to do with you and I functioning in the roles that we're supposed to be in the church. Like, I wonder if the ceasing of the growth of the church, not just Discovery, but in whole, capital C, church if, 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 if the, 
if the the slow progression of of the gospel being being shared and the, as a result the church growing I, I wonder if it's because too many of us are doing everything else rather than just focusing on what the one or two things we should be focusing on. But it's amazing because when I can stay focused on my ables rather than my rather than the knots like I begin to function at a level that I can't otherwise function at. If, if, if I'm more concerned or more worried about trying to do what I'm not supposed to do. See, you were wired by God, the creator of the universe, uniquely specifically to fulfill a role and that role helps further the gospel like you were created for a reason for a purpose and I think that This idea of like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? It's very overwhelming, especially if like, if like, it's not like, God, what's my purpose? And he's not like, to do this, right? Like that'd be amazing. But a lot of the times he responds in a whisper. A lot of the times he responds in silence. A lot of the times he responds by removing things from our lives. Hey, but this morning, listen. Let go of your knots. Embrace your ables. So that the message of the gospel can continue and go forward. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.